Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on areas such as marketing, sales, innovation, or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players. Where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entries or knowing how to navigate the uncertainty of disruptive developments, mind feeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I'm also working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation, and marketing. And we will be talking in the future much more about the important trends that are affecting the way we manage our companies in the demand to being sustainable, more environmentally and socially friendly, and becoming more empathic leaders. So let's get started on today's topic. So I'm here today with Paris Childress, and we're going to be talking today about this topic, the new model for transforming customer acquisition with the intersection between paid search, value-based bidding and automation, data science, and performance creative at scale. So before I go on and before Paris starts um, informing us about all the newest things. So Paris is a performance marketing agency founder. He has as well his own podcast and is a ex-Googler, a former Google employee, and uh, is focused as well on helping SAAS companies scale their products and their business. So Paris, what's uh, coming into the market, what's changing, what's new with all these opportunities that we've got with customer acquisition mm -hmm. and the new technology? Well, thank you. First of all, thanks, Christian, for having me on the show. Uh, the, the topic is about transforming acquisition marketing. So mm -hmm. I want to start by clarifying that the, the solution that I'm going to dive into here really relates to where most SaaS companies spend the majority of their marketing budgets, which is on new customer acquisition. So the solution is about new customer acquisition. Mm -hmm. And the model is really the intersection of three, three types of activity that have traditionally lived in different, either in different departments within a company or in different agencies, if it's an agency world. So you have a performance marketing, which is at its core, it's about mastering advertising platforms like Google and Facebook and LinkedIn ads. And that is one of the one of the, the pillars to this model. The second is data science. And data science has typically not been a function that has been too involved with marketing in the past. And I think now that's changing. So data science is the second pillar. 
And the third pillar is creative at scale. And by creative at scale, we, what we mean there is the, the creative that can keep up the pace with the massive requirements of these types of campaigns with, with rapid iterative testing. And so this is not a creative that is typically coming out of a, of a creative agency, a, a traditional creative agency, but it's more of a really rapid fire approach. So these three things have typically been separate from each other. And I think that they now need to come together under one single roof to, to yield the best results for acquisition marketing, particularly for SaaS companies. Mm -hmm. So you practically have like one team and uh, with all different skills all together, rapidly building, creating and firing it out and testing, optimizing. Yeah, well, if, if essentially there are three teams here that are working together. There's the performance marketing team. And these are people that are experts in, let's say, in Google ads and Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. Second team is a data science team. And they're not necessarily skilled at marketing, but they can build uh, algorithms, particularly they can use machine learning on first party data, mm -hmm. do things like predictive lifetime value modeling. Mm -hmm. And then the third team is a creative team. And that creative team is also, they have the, the skills that you would expect around video building and uh, Adobe and all those, all those skills that a designer has. But they're able to they're able to produce at much higher volumes for iter rapid iterative testing. So creative team, data science team, and the performance marketing team all coming together under under one roof. Mm -hmm. And they are then all focused, for instance, on one particular market, like let's say uh, West Coast, East Coast, uh, Germany, UK, and so on. Uh, when you're doing these projects, or is it very extremely broad regionally? Most of the time, this is very broad in terms of targeting. Uh, it could be throughout the U.S. or it could be globally or Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the key is to have a lot of data coming in. So mm -hmm. um, the, the solution itself that we're working on is called predictive lifetime value. And what we're doing there is we're using a customer's first-party data. So that's data that, let's say, lives in the CRM or in other systems And we're trying to build a model using machine learning that will predict the lifetime value of a new user very, very soon after they, they sign up for the product. And the reason we're doing that, and you could think that predicting lifetime value could have lots and lots of positive use cases, but the use case that we're concerned with here is transforming that predictive lifetime value into a conversion event and importing that conversion event into Google Ads so that Google Ads can do so-called value-based bidding against that conversion event, that conversion event which is predicting the lifetime value of a new user. Mm -hmm. And so that, that is the, the solution. And when we talk about the, the new model and these three different teams, this is all really built around the ability to take a client's first-party data and transform it into or to build a machine learning model that can predict lifetime value and then bring that into Google Ads. <clears throat> and then that, of course, needs also a lot of creative support. Ah, yeah. And then partly it's like uh, instead of just saying the clicks and then say, okay, this is bringing us more customers, you're actually looking more towards as well. What does the customer buy eventually? Is he actually using it or is it falling out again? 
because you want to, of course, have customers who buy, buy the most and stay as well and not just uh, drop off like after two, three months. And then they're back because this wasn't a fit for them or they were overwhelmed or whatever. That's right. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of the modeling is about predicting the churn rate, the future churn rate. So if a user, let's say a user who comes in and signs up for a free trial, if they're, if they're going to be churning out of the trial or they might be churning one or two months into the, into their life cycle, mm-hmm. they will have a very low lifetime value versus someone else who might come in and immediately heavily engage with the product. And those engagement signals, that, that, that behavior of heavy usage and habitual usage, even in the first, say, seven days, that can be highly predictive of a user who will not churn and who will stick around perhaps for a year or maybe multiple years. And that type of a user mm-hmm. has a very high lifetime value. And if we're able to predict it within those seven days based on the user's behavior, then we can train Google to bid very, very differently to acquire user A versus user B. And we can eliminate tons and tons of wasted spend and we can direct Google ads spend on the high value users. Mm-hmm. So effectively it's, it's training, it's using machine learning to train Google's own machine learning bidding algorithms to bid in a way that maximizes the predicted lifetime value, as opposed to the way that most SaaS companies are doing acquisition marketing in Google ads today, which is they're bidding on the basis of a fixed target cost per acquisition which is assuming that all the users on average are going to be worth about the same. But the problem with that is that you're almost always going to be either overpaying for a user that will churn or you're underpaying or there's an opportunity cost for for the, the acquisitions that you've missed by not bidding aggressively enough for the very high value users. And this solves for that. Ah, yeah, then you can, you've got more targeted and uh, the quality output is much higher than just hoping somehow this is working and this is not working or this is better, which actually you've got data behind it. Yes, it's, it's driven by y- your own customer first-party data. <laughs> and this is really, really important because in about a year from now, Google will phase out third-party cookie tracking altogether. And third-party cookies for really the last 20 years has underpinned successful digital marketing because third-party cookies is what what allows Google and other ad platforms to track a user uh, as they go around the Chrome browser or on YouTube videos, Google search. That that third-party cookie has really been the the basis of, of the return on ad spend. When that goes away, there's going to be a massive gap in data, missing data. And this solution is really filling that gap with first-party data, the data that is completely owned and controlled by the brand. And it's leveraging that in order to try to predict uh, a future value at the time of acquisition. Mm -hmm. And so the data is is literally the data that's in the, let's say, in the SaaS software that knows the client, what it's doing, and you then relate it to this kind of users. Or you know at least where he came from, because you know which ads you were running, you know when you run it, when did you sign up, and so on. Yeah, yeah. But it goes even beyond that, because you're also observing 
the user's behavior after they after they sign up. So imagine that you go into a let's say a, a CRM product that you like or project management tool, and you sign up for a free trial. If you sign up for that trial and then you don't log in for the next seven days, you don't use it or do anything, most likely you're not going to start paying after your trial is over. You, you've probably already given up on it and you've moved on. But if you're doing a lot of, if you're logging in multiple times a day and you're building things in that new CRM, you're inviting your, your coworkers into that. Uh, and also maybe you're using certain features that, that correlate highly with profitable users. Well, then even in those first few days, those signals can be a very strong predictor that you have a high lifetime value. And that, that is something that machine learning can model and, and predict. Mm-hmm. And so that's the data that we're really after is the usage, product usage data. Oh, yeah. And then the performance creative is then, of course, testing out different kind of images, text and so on, videos, and to see what gets the people's attention because that's the most difficult thing to get nowadays. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in order to make this this work, you need a massive amount of creative because what what you're doing with predicting the lifetime value uniquely for every user mm-hmm. is you're almost creating uh, an infinite number of micro audiences. I mean, mm-hmm. every single every single user becomes their own audience in a way, their own micro audience, and each person has. Has I mean, you need a lot of a lot of creative to try to match with so many different audiences, because mm. really the 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 way the right way to do the creative testing is that you first define all the audiences that you can possibly come up with, and then you need to you need to provide unique creative to each of those audiences, and within that you've got to do A/B testing. So you actually need to have different variants and versions mm-hmm. for every audience. So. Um, it requires a, 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 a really a lot of speed to market and, and not, not an obsession with perfection, but rather with a constant, constant testing. <laughs> yeah. And, and then of course, uh, when you, as you say, you have to automate everything. It's partly a whole cycle of data and, and response and adapting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, as you mentioned as well before, uh, it's not only about the creative, it's using the data, getting the data, but as well, once Google has removed these third-party cookies, of course, Google has more or less developed their own solution to compete with Apple, who, of course, have now blocked more or less all these signals that, of course, people like Facebook loved to use to create huge revenue and Facebook is now literally falling down the stock value. Um, but do you see still a capability when you run ads of um, advertising with this kind of uh, system as well, advertising on Facebook or Google? Where do you, which platforms do you see the biggest strength? I think right now that Google ads is in the best position for this particularly because, well, Apple... Right now, Apple has limited, severely limited the ability to track. And, and Apple is not an ad platform. So even though they have Apple search ads, mm. it's not anything at the scale of Google or Facebook. So um, where we see the strongest application right now with this solution mm. 
mm. of predicting lifetime value is with Google ads, because with Google ads, you can, you can import the predicted LTV as a conversion event with a unique value. And it's more complicated to do that now with, with Facebook. And uh, I do think fa- Facebook will, will be the next step, but right now Google ads is the most, um, the clearest use case for this. Yeah, and and when you think of it, Google Ads is typically people who are already searching for a solution for a product. Uh, in contrast mm-hmm. to Facebook, where people are not actively searching, they're consuming, and then suddenly see this product X Y Z, and then they decide, hey, I'll try this out. I'm anyway looking for a better product, uh, a CRM system or a desktop management system or whatever kind of system. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, when you look at data science and all these things, um, when when you are hiring, for instance, people who who are doing all these different things, especially data science, it, they must have special skills and knowledge that they fit as well into your teams that you have to, in order to get the outcomes that your clients want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point. Uh, most data scientists have not spend a lot of time working within marketing teams mm-hmm. and it is, it is a big shift for them. And we, uh, the data scientist on our team was coming from the insurance world and he didn't have any experience with marketing. So it took, it took a little while for him to, to understand even, even a lot of the basics of digital marketing. But once he started to pick those things up, he became extremely effective because it is important that even the data scientists who would be building, let's say, a machine learning model for, for predicting lifetime value, they, they still need to understand the whole objective around this. What are we trying to do? The reason we're doing this is so that we can, we can use this as an imported conversion event for Google and that we can activate value-based bidding on that basis. And so that um, Nick, Nikolai is our data scientist. He needs to understand beyond the scope of his own work but how what's what success looks like and what his the the bigger the bigger project goal is yeah exactly because when you think of it um, so many trainings and courses exist as well for data scientists but most of them are actually focused on finance uh, mm-hmm. and that's main of things or the kind of uh, artificial intelligence for robotics and that kind of things but not really for marketing um, that's a real niche. So he, he has now practically become one of the very few who are actually are experts in this particular field. And that must be quite a good competitive advantage for you as well and for your clients, of course. Uh, yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah, th- I don't think there are many data scientists with as much marketing experiences as uh, Nikolai has on our team. Yeah, and that's so good because... Um, I read you, you've got like uh, $20 million ad spend per year or? or, or? Uh, approximately, yes, that, that we manage for our clients. Yeah, that's a good good big amount when you think. And it's um, all mostly SaaS companies that you're handling. Correct. Yeah, then you've got uh, quite an interesting portfolio of uh, products because when you think most SaaS companies have a B2B environment, yes, some have B2C, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but how how is your your clientele? Is it mostly B two B or are they B two C? Most of them are B two B. We have mm-hmm. a couple of that a couple that are B two C, but mostly B two B. 
Yeah, and that's of course a, a bit of a different um, different audience, which I think because they're buying for the company a SaaS solution in contrast to a consumer who just wants to do something or often wants it for free and doesn't want to pay. In contrast to a business client, he wants to buy. He understands that, of course, if he wants to have something really good, he has to spend money. But at the end, he has to as well make sure he's bought the right product. So otherwise, he puts all the effort to put all the data in the system and then notices that the CRM system or the logistics system or shipping system or whatever it does is... Uh, not a good fit for the business model of the company itself. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you, I'm, I'm sure you, you must be advising as well your clients a lot as well how to improve um, as well that all these elements not only of the ads, but as well then actually the experience of the person who clicks on the ad to sign up and to keep them there as well from a marketing perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this goes back to the fundamentals of of a good experience, which is that when a user goes and searches for something with specific intent, they uh, they're best served with a landing page that exactly answers that question. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think these these fundamentals are still very much important to provide that that great experience. So that's where the creative comes in, Christian, because. I, I mean, everything that goes into a landing page is some form of creative. It's it's headlines, copy, um, it, it's videos and, and interactive creative images. And so all of that experience has to also really match the user's expectation after they click. Yeah, and every platform where you advertise has a different context. Like uh, Google is a lot text-based and Facebook is text, video, images and that. But do you... When you advertise on Google, do you just use text or do you use other kind of creative uh, options that Google offers? Well, we use uh, a, a lot of what we're using now beyond paid search, which is only that's only text ads, uh-huh. is something called Performance Max. And a Performance Max campaign is a single campaign type that that brings together all of the creative, the entire spectrum of creative across YouTube, Google Display Network, uh-huh. paid search. The uh, also Gmail ads are there, and the Google Discover feed, which is also a really interesting emerging set of inventory. So everything is merged into a single campaign, and you give Google tons and tons of creative variants to work with. Mm. And then Google will structure your ads across all their different properties across YouTube and Display and, and Gmail and Discover feed in a way that tries to maximize your your goal. So if your goal is to say uh, and let's take the example of PLTV and predictive LTV. Mm-hmm. If you give Google the goal of giving you a target return on ad spend of 300% and you run a performance max campaign, then effectively you're giving Google loads of creative and saying to Google, go out there and use this creative across YouTube, display, search, Google Discover, and structure it any way you want. But make sure that you are going to help convert and bring me new customers at at least a minimum of, of a 300% return on ad spend. Yeah, that sounds really good, um, mm-hmm. especially when I think so many SaaS companies, um, they're often very technically orientated, but they're not, they haven't got that much of a savvy in, in regards to marketing, advertising, creative and these things. 
they, they can program this stuff and, and build this stuff and do business logic and all these things. But when it comes to really advertising, they usually do need help from outside. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I always advocate strongly for having an agency involved, even if the company has a marketing team, because an agency can help support that team and they can help fill in the gaps and, and help that team to to be more strategic and to move faster. Yeah, and when you think of it, an agency has one big advantage as well because they've got lots of different clients, different projects, so they can uh, generate more knowledge, more insights that with the systems are constantly changing much faster than someone who's just doing one company and one product. Uh, you can, of course, much faster recognize certain trends, certain changes, and then you adapt it quickly. And it's it's not like reinventing the wheel five times to so just adapt the wheel. Right. That's a very good point, Christian. I think you could be on our sales team, perhaps. <laughs> because a lot of a lot of people do think that the better approach is to have have an in-house team, especially when you get to a certain size. But exactly as you said, an agency and working with multiple clients, you have a you have a broader perspective on the market and you can see trends at a at a higher level and you can apply best practices from one project to another similar project and that's extremely valuable yeah exactly and, and that's in other areas as well when you think of it it's like uh like this like in automotive you've got the suppliers who who build products for different suppliers let's even if it's a button for for your window uh system and so on if they're doing it for different manufacturers they notice what the problem is they have a much higher scale than uh, the manufacturer of the car for instance the car mm -hmm. manufacturers still produce a lot of cars but they don't produce as many buttons as <laughs> the button maker so the button maker quickly mm -hmm. notices this is useful this is not useful and notice what's to improve and with ads i can imagine it's the same thing and then it's a huge scale that you're doing and with the 20 uh, million dollars anyway it's a huge amount and you have the and the capacity of having all different skills and and especially having a data science person who is now really fully emerged in the marketing field um, I don't think that a normal company whether it's a SaaS company an industrial company a manufacturer whatever they might have data science people in the finance department but taking picking the right person turning or let's say converting him and transferring him towards a marketing role will be very difficult if they haven't got anyone in there that has the knowledge uh, and the skills that you've amassed with your team now yeah that, that's correct I, I tend to agree with everything that you just said yeah so um it was great having you here on the call and um having getting all those great insights with performance marketing, performance creative, data science, combining as well with all the different options that we have in paid search, advertising, and so on. Um, yeah, Paris, if people want to reach out to you and maybe have questions or anything, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, the best place would be LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You can find me. Um, usually my first name is enough to search and you'll probably find me, Paris. At Hop Online is the name of our agency. And I also wanted to mention that the, the PLTV solution that we've talked about here today is something that we're very actively searching right now for, for partners who can beta test this with us. So if anyone listening is interested and you think that, that a predictive LTV as a conversion event for Google sounds cool and 
potentially very useful, then I'd love to talk to you. So please let's connect over LinkedIn. Exactly. Because I mentioned it can be even in other fields. It doesn't necessarily have to be SaaS. When you think of it, the, the options that you have, you could connect it with other kind of topics, but you then expand your data model. That mm -hmm. could be quite interesting. So, yeah, that was really great. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of The Growth Zone show with Christian Bartsch. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media, please. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website meetchrisbarch.com. I will be adding the link into the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. On my website, you will also find the links to free templates. If you're looking for the books I have published on marketing, innovative technology, and sustainable business strategies, just simply click on publication to find my book list. The world is constantly changing in response to trends and events. As a business leader, you need to bypass the sandbanks that can hurt your performance. For those of you who are signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a few copies of my ultimate guide on content marketing and an ESG-compliant cheat sheet. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years and also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized enterprises and international clients around the world. The link to sign up to our free broadcasting service and the guide is at meetchrisbarch.com. That will give you access to the most recent versions of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me on Twitter by using the Twitter handle CapBarch. It's spelled C-A-P-B-A-R-T-S-C-H. Yes, that is C-A-P-Barch or spelled Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel.